So this series, AKA, also known as, what, what we've discovered together is all throughout the Old Testament, God actually reveals himself in different names to us. And so when you see the, the word Lord, or you see the word God, behind that is a Hebrew word, and there's, there's a whole bunch of them. And names in that day were not just what we called somebody, names described somebody. And so when God is giving you a name, He's actually revealing his character to you. He's showing you who he is. And friends, listen to me. God wants you to know his name. Not know it as in call it, but know it as in experience the names of God. And so in, in the Psalms, they would say, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, they're calling on the character of God, a specific name for a specific situation. You follow me this morning? Come on, you with me? And so we've been looking at some of these names, guys, because we've got to know them. I think that a lot of people don't know the names of God. We know God through the lens of our own hurt and pain and, and ex bad experiences or whatever. When we've kind of come to know God on our own terms. Come on, this is God on his terms. God wants you to know him as he is, as he's revealed himself. And we've been looking at these names. We've looked at Elohim. We've looked at El Shaddai, God pouring himself out. Today I want to show you, is actually it's one of my... It's, it, my favorites, it's near and dear to my heart. You'll find out why as we keep going through this morning. But the, the name Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Yada. So we're getting into what's called the compound, the compound names of God. Can I, can I just want to give you the foundation here, all right? So these are the compound names of God. The name that is used most often all throughout Scripture is the name Jehovah or Jehovah. It's actually, um, they would translate it, it's when you see L Lord capitalized, L-O-R-D, all of them capitalized in your Bible. It's the name Jehovah, okay? And this name Jehovah was actually given to Moses. You remember the story of Moses when he was called by God to lead the children of Israel out of slavery and into the promised land. Anyone remember that story? And God speaks to him through, do you guys remember? A. How, how did God speak to him, remember? Through a burning bush. You guys, well, did I get it wrong? You're like, no, you didn't get it wrong. Someone says, Jesus, when you're in church, the pastor asks you something, just say Jesus, and you'll be all right. Like, so God speaks to Moses through, through a burning bush and, and tells him, Moses, I'm going I'm to use you to lead my children, millions of, of, of Israelites, out of slavery from the Pharaoh and, and move, you, move him into the promised land. And, and Moses is getting ready to go from that conversation. And as he's walking away, he's like, hold on a second. It can be a little strange when I show up to everybody and I say, hey, everybody, I was out in the desert in this bush just talking to me. And so the bush said, the bush said that we need to go up against, and he's like, this is going to be really weird. I, God, I need a little bit more than the bush said, okay. And so he goes, God, who shall I say sent me? And God gives Moses what's, what's known as his personal name. Okay, so this isn't just Elohim. This isn't just Elisha. This is his personal name, who he is. He gives them the name Yeshua, which literally means tell them that I am sent you. And he's like, okay, I, I, I am what? God, that's the point. God was making the point that the God of heaven and earth just is. Not, 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 I, not I was, not I, I, I will be. He says, I, I am. I, it's the idea of he is, he's self-sufficient. He's all, all encompassed. There's, he doesn't need anything from anyone. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the same yesterday, today, forever. He's just like, I, I am. 
And then there's so much, we could preach a whole message, we're not going to, but on that alone. When you know the I am, you, you live in the present tense with God. You're worried about tomorrow, don't, because when you get there, he's already there. See, it's not, I, I will be, but, but he will be. You know what I mean? Because when you get to where it is you were looking for him to be, he already is because he's I am. He's, he's everything to us, right? And that name is so packed, Jehovah is so packed with meaning for our lives that God begins throughout the, the rest of the Old Testament, the rest of the names we're actually going to look at, he begins to give us these compound uh, versions of that name. So it's Jehovah and then he'll, Jehovah and he'll add uh, a, a name to it, like a little tagline. You know, sometimes I'll name, we'll give a series and there's like a tagline, same thing. God's like, here's my name and here's a tagline so you understand. It's like you, you're going to walk around with these compound names. You're going to walk around Jehovah and, and you see him from all these different angles because there's so much within who he is. And so the name that we're looking at today, does that make sense, everybody? These compound names of God. So the name that we look at today, for example, is Jehovah Jireh. Okay, and it means, it means, watch, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Jireh, God who provides. I need you to understand this morning. Come on, you're going to get encouraged. God is your provider. Like, God provides for everything we need in every moment we need it. Typically, when we think of a, a God as our provider, we think, God puts a roof over my head, God God is going to provide, you know, a job. He's going to provide money. God's going to provide. But what you need to understand when we talk about God provider, we talk about the fact that God provides you everything you need in every moment that you need it. It's not just God who helps pay the bills. It's God, as Pastor Trey mentioned this morning, who gives you your next breath, who gives you life, who gives you purpose. Amen? Come on. He gives us the wisdom we need to make decisions, the direction to walk. He gives us opportunity to grow. And you need to understand this morning that God is your provider. It's actually his name. And so for his namesake, he makes sure to provide for you. We need to understand that this morning because we start to think, well, you know, it, it's my, my job that provides for me. It's my, it's my money that provides for me. You know, you know why is it it's my husband that's providing for me? Some of the husbands, it's my wife. Come on, that's providing for me. It's, and, but we, you understand that's not true. It's actually your God in heaven who's providing you with everything you need in every moment you need it. If you start thinking, and our world starts to do this, right, we tend to think, oh, it's my cash that provides for me, right? And if we think it's our cash that provides for us, we hold on tight to our cash, and we grip it, and we, wanna, we don't want to let go of it. And that's why, by the way, God asks us to tithe, because it's a test of what do you trust? Do you trust that paper, or do you trust me? And I think it's so funny that, our, that the paper we're trying to trust says, hey, fool. It literally says, on the, if you read a dollar, it says, hey, fool, trust in God. We trust in God. It reminds you, don't trust me. Don't hold on to me. I'm not what's providing for you. It's your God that provides for you. Amen? Come on. Like, God is providing for you. Now, I say all that. Half of you get halfway hyped. That's fine. I want to teach you theologically where this comes from. God is your provider. So that when we talk about this, there is genuinely a praise that rises up within your heart. Say, thank you, God, for providing for me. The name Jehovah Jireh actually comes to us out of the book of Genesis chapter 22, where I asked you guys to turn this morning. 
we catch up with our friend Abram, who has recently had his name turned to Abraham. Do you guys remember this from last week? And Abraham is now being tested by God. And it is a massive test. God comes to Abraham in the book of Genesis chapter 22, and he says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac, to let go of the very thing I put in your hands, to let go of your son Isaac. Now, if you remember the context of that, so hang with me in the, in the, as we go deep with this, and then we'll bring out some application. Does that make sense, everyone? Are you with me? Come on, come with me. You gonna come with me? Tatum, you'll go with me, right? You come with me? Okay, so God, if you remember, brought to Abram, his name means exalted father, but he had no kids, remember? And God made him a promise. Remember the promise? That through you, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Like, through you. And the problem was, he's going, God, I don't even have a kid. How, are we gonna, how, how am I going to have a lineage that goes on to bless all the nations of the world if I don't have a kid? Well, Abram got a little tricky, and him and Sarah came up with their own ideas, and they had Ishmael through, through her, his servant Haggai. It's just all this mess that they, they created. And finally, God brings about his provision through Sarah, his wife, giving them their son, Isaac. Now think about what Isaac represents. Come on, everybody. For Abraham. He's everything. I mean, he's the promise. He's the one that God is going to use to, to bless him. He, he, and so for Abraham, everything is invested in Isaac. Like, like if, if anything happens to Isaac, the promise is, is over. And, and for Abraham, Isaac was the answer. He was the only way. Everything's invested in Isaac. And God shows up and says, hey, Abraham, give me that. Now hang with me because you understand it. Give me that. I want you to surrender the thing you're holding on to so tightly. You know, Abraham, is your trust in me or is your trust in Isaac? Abraham, are you relying on me? Are you staying devoted to me? Or now are you relying on Isaac, who I've given you? And are you now devoted to Isaac? See, Abraham, where are you trusting? Who's, who's gonna provide for the the answer to this promise that I gave you a long time ago. You're, you're now holding really tight on Isaac. And, and you know, I think from time to time, we even do this in our own lives. Like sometimes there's some things in our lives that we hold on to, we entrust ourselves to, we, we start um, holding on to and that are not, that are from God, but are not God, okay? Like God has given it to you, he's blessed. Like how many of you have been blessed with a job, right? I mean, you've been, you've been blessed with some financial resources. You've been blessed with some relationships. God has blessed you. Now, there's a, there's a moment in there. There's a very fine line, a, 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 a tension there where are, am I trusting the job or am I trusting God who gave me the job? Am I trusting the, the resource or am I, come on, you follow? Trusting the God who gave me the resource. And I think from time to time, God shows up and he kind of pokes at those things. He's like, Chris, are, are, you, are you trusting me here? Are you trusting me with this thing, you know? And I, I can start to hold on to those things as though it is what provides for me and it's what I'm now devoted to and it's now what I'm living for. And, you know, I think God pokes at that stuff. Like God's going, am, am I greater than what I've given to you? Are you devoted to me or, Chris, to the, to the ministry you lead? Are you, are you devoted to me or, or, or to the research? Chris, what is it? And he'll, he'll poke at your life too. Anyone ever feel that? Well, God is always calling us 
to trust in him and him alone, to be devoted to him and him alone, to be living for him and him alone, where we are fully convinced that he's the one who will provide, he's the one that we're living for, he's the one that we're serving, come on, he's the one that I entrust myself to, it's him, not the stuff he's given me, amen? And so God shows up to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. So what does Abraham do? Abraham, we are told in the book of Genesis, Abraham arose, he saddled, he split wood, he went to Mount Moriah, and he goes to raise his knife. And here's what it says in Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22, 11 to 13 say this, but the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham says, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a, as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, and here's the name, the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh. And it was said to this day, it's still said to this day, that in the mount of the Lord, God provided. Friends, God provides. God provides. Listen, the preservation of Isaac's life. God provides a ram as a sacrifice. God provides, watch, a picture for you and I of the provision that was to come. See, when you first read this story and God's introducing himself as Jehovah Jireh, God our provider, you first read the story and you're like, this is crazy. Like, this is just, like, this is God asking Abraham to do this? Like, would God ever really ask somebody to, to sacrifice their, their son, a father, to give a child? Like, how in the world? But, and it, and it feels strange until, watch, and you need to do this in Scripture, until you step back and you look at the bigger picture of what God is trying to teach us. God does nothing without trying to teach us something, amen? God does nothing in the Old Testament. Here's a way to read your Old Testament. Here's a way to read your Bible. Everything in it points to Jesus. Everything in it is teaching you about who Jesus is. And so God in the Old Testament would often ask Old Testament prophets to reenact like miniature things so that he would end up doing on a larger scale. They're, they're called foreshadowings, or, or pictures of what was to come. And this act seems so strange until you understand it in its bigger context. I mean, think about it, it's like, it's like when God asked the prophet Hosea to go and marry a prostitute. You're like, what in the world? That's awkward, that's weird. But what God was trying to do is give a micro picture of a macro theme that God is married to the church and loves the church and pursues the church even when we're running around and, and, and giving ourselves to all sorts of other things. It was, a, it was a picture of foreshadowing. And it's the same in this story too. And it's important at what moment in Scripture does God choose to reveal himself as your provider? It's in the picture, the story of a father and a son that points to a bigger story of our father and his son, right? You see, it's the foreshadowing of 
our Father, giving his Son to become that Lamb and take upon himself the sin of humanity, to sacrifice his life for our life. And the whole picture behind what was happening there is that God is going to provide for you and I life, God is going to provide for you and I forgiveness. God is going to provide grace. God is going to provide an open door to heaven. God is going to provide a relationship with him. God is going to provide. Come on, church. Amen. And it's this, it's this beautiful picture of what God was going to do through Jesus. And I love the fact that when God introduces himself to us as provider, it's at that moment. It's at the moment, come on, it's at the moment of your greatest need. Like God could have in, introduced himself as provider in any moment. It could have been like Abraham was really hungry and Jehovah Jireh showed up. He provided for me some food. Thank you, God. Abraham needed some shelter and Jehovah Jireh showed up and God provided for him shelter. But God, listen, goes, no, I'm going to go to their deepest need. I'm gonna go to their, their greatest need. It's the need to be forgiven. It's the need to have provision, a sacrifice, take a sacrifice that would take upon himself their sin so that they can be washed and cleansed. Something you could not ever do on your own. Y'all tracking with me this morning? I, come on, I can't tell. Are you with me? Like God goes, I'm gonna go and provide there. There. At the place that you desperately need the greatest provision, God says, I got you there. And listen, friends, because God provides for my sin, I've been forgiven. I've been anchored in heaven. I've been anchored in hope. Nothing can shake me. Because he provides for me there, I know that my life is being lived for something bigger than all of this. You see, I've got more to life than the life. You see why? Because God has provided for me there. I'm on a sure foundation. Nothing can shake me. Why? Because Jehovah Jireh has provided for me there. Amen? Like, I'm good. But now watch this. Because he's provided for me there, I can trust him to provide for me everywhere. Jehovah Jireh shows up and, 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 and offers to us his son, Jesus, for the forgiveness of my sins. He then, with Jesus, is going to take care of, like, everything else. Like, look, look at every place in your life where you, where you have need. Can I tell you, Jehovah Jireh says, I got you. It's like, God's argument is it's from greatest to least. God's like, if I've taken care of the greatest, I'll take care of your least. Like if, you, if, you buy, if God buys you the whole house, well, you know, the water heater's included. You know what I mean? Like you, you got, you're gonna be all right. You get the water heater. Like, but God, do I get the water heater? He's like, I got you, I got your water heater, right? If, if, if God can lift, you know, a thousand pounds and we show up with our 50, God, would you help me? God's like, I got you. I got you. I've already taken care of the bigger. I could definitely take care of, of, of the lesser. You see, God takes care of everything. He made a way in that moment, and he's going to make a way in every moment. If he's already met me there, he's going to meet me everywhere. And you're staring at me like you don't believe me. Romans chapter 8 says this. He who did not spare his own son. God speak. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him freely give us what? 
all things. God's like, I got you. God, what's the proof? Jesus. God is Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. God shows up in that moment and reveals himself as provider. And Abraham names the place Jehovah Jireh. Do you know what that name means literally? It literally means God sees. God sees. God sees, and therefore, because he sees, he's going to provide. That's the idea. God sees, and therefore, he provides. When Tate and I got married, we had the opportunity to have our rings made. If you've been around, you've heard me talk about this before. And we wanted to put on our rings something that, we, that was near and dear to us, something that we wanted to live our life under, something that we wanted our life to be a, a testimony of. And so we actually put this name in Hebrew on, on our wedding rings. It's Jehovah or Jehovah Jireh or God, our provider. And we put that on our rings because we always wanted to remember that in any moment, wherever we are, whatever we're walking through, that we have a God in heaven who, who sees, like he sees it. Can I tell you this morning? Like God sees it. Like he sees you. But the people around might not see it. Come on, you got things that you're wrestling with deep inside that you've never even uttered to other people. I want you to know this morning, God, God sees it. And the whole idea is this, Jehovah Jireh, God who sees, is that if he sees it, he's going to take care of it. If he sees it, he's going to provide for you in it. If he, if he sees it, he's going to show up in it. And what you just need to understand is nothing is hidden from the eyes of God. And Satan have lived her whole life knowing that. Like God, and nothing is, you, it's not like you're, you, you, like you're up there in heaven going, whoa, whoa, oh shoot, I got a lot going on. What's, what's happening with Chris and Tatum? I totally forgot. No, God already sees it, okay? And because he sees it, he's going to work it out. As Abraham walked up, that mountain that day, he couldn't totally see, could he? I mean, like, he couldn't see how it was going to work out. He couldn't see what God was going to do. He couldn't, he couldn't see a way through. He couldn't see, how, like, if everything was going to, he just couldn't see very far, could he? And although he couldn't see, he fully trusted that God could see. And you and I, like, like Tatum and I, have found ourselves over and over again in our life, are going to find ourselves in situations where you just can't see it. Come on, have you been there? <laughs> like, you're stepping into something like, I just don't see it. God, I don't see it. I think you told me to do this. I think you asked me to step. I, I kind of feel like, and now I'm up against it, and God, I just don't see it. When you're in the moments when you don't see it, you need to remember Jehovah Jireh, who's already seen it. Like God, it literally means God sees it already. Abraham's walking up going, God, I don't see it. God, I don't see it. I, I, I don't understand it. This is crazy. I don't see how it's going to work out. I don't see a way through it. I don't see a way around it. I just don't see it. But Abraham trusted that even though he couldn't see it, God already saw it. He trusted in what God saw, come on. He trusted in what God saw over what he saw. Look at Abraham. So God, I don't see it. 
but I'm going to believe you see it. And I'm going to exercise this thing right now. It's called faith. Can I give you a definition of faith? Faith is trusting what God sees over what you see. Can I tell you something? You can't see very far. Can I tell you something? You try to interpret life through what you see and you find yourself stressed out. You try to make decisions based upon only what you see, you're gonna make some bad decisions. But we are called to live not by what we see. We are called to live trusting in Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees everything you can't see. And faith says, God, I'm gonna trust what you see over what I see. Matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is what's called the hall of faith. I mean, you gotta have faith, everybody, right? Come on, we're called to live by faith. So Abraham in, shows up in this hall of faith. And what Hebrews 11 does, it's a great chapter, if you haven't read it, is it goes through and it just kind of lists out all these moments of faith all throughout the Old Testament of, of these, these incredible things that God did through his people who were trusting in him and having faith in him. And Abraham shows up. You want to hear about his faith in, in, in Hebrews 11? It tells us about his faith in Hebrews eleven seventeen. 17. It says, it was by faith. Someone say faith. It was by what? How did Abraham do this? It was by, say it again, faith that Abraham offered up Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Watch this. Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will continue. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back up to life again. See, Abraham has so much faith, he said, God, I don't see it, but you see it. And if this situation is going to require something that's never been done before, a resurrection, then Jesus is, God, you're going to provide a resurrection. God, you can do it. What's that called? Faith. You're walking into some things going, there's nothing but death. There's nothing but gloom. There's nothing but, God, why would you be calling me into this? God's going to be, I got, if you trust what I see versus what you see, you got to get that kind of faith in you. Abraham's going, well, God, you want to bring Isaac back to life again? If that's what you're doing here, I'm going to trust you because I got faith to lean into what you see over what I see. And that's your new definition of faith. You know, the Bible calls you to walk by faith. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven, walk by what? Faith and not by what? Sight. You've probably always wondered why when you read, walk by faith, it would say not by sight. Like what does sight have to do with faith? Now you know. You typically wanna walk by what you see. You typically wanna walk by how you understand it, how you perceive it, how, how, how you think about it, how, how you're feeling it, how you're experiencing it. See, you, you and I wanna live by these senses, right? But God says, no, faith is gonna push you past what you see and into what I see. Well, God, why would I trust what you see? He says, because I'm Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees everything, amen? My ways, God says, is above your ways. I am preaching way better than you responding, church. Where are you at this morning? Amen? I'm getting fired up here by myself. And you just can breathe when you understand that. Like God sees it. 
God sees it. And my job, my, what I bring to the table here is just trusting in what he sees. And it's not that God, like, it's not just that he sees what's happening right now. That the, the word literally means he sees it all. Do you know that when God looks at your life and he looks at my life, he sees your life from beginning to end? It's not like God is, like, surprised by anything. Like, God sees it all. He sees your life from beginning to end. And Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees, is the God who sees your life from beginning to end and therefore provides for your life from beginning to end. Amen? It's not like God's got, pro, pro, like, looking at your life Watching you going, okay, now what? Now what do you need? Now, now what circumstance are you in? Now what's going on? Oh, my gosh, what's happening? Oh, my, COVID? Are you kidding me? And I had no idea. And did you, that, oh, my, like, God is not responding to your life like you're responding to your life. God sees it all. And watch, here's what Jehovah Jireh does, is he provides for it all even before you walk into any, walk into it all. Are you hanging with me? So it's not like God's going, oh my gosh, what do I do now? It's like, no, God's like, no, I already saw that and everything you need for that has been waiting. It's already in stock, in store, ready to be delivered. Like, it's there for you when you get there. You see, I've already provided. I've seen it all. I've provided for it all. So there's no situation you're going to find yourself in where God's scrambling to figure it out. No, God's like, I've already got the provision you need in the moment you need it. And you'll discover how he's going to provide when you get to that moment of need. Because he's already, come on, are you, he's already gone before you. He's already provided everything. That job thing didn't surprise him. He's already got your provision. Like the house thing, the move thing, the people thing. None of, it's, none of it surprised him. Why? Because he's seen it all from beginning to end. And that's how he sees your life. It's, it's called vision, right? God sees. God has vision for your life. He's got vision for your kids. He's got vision for your employment, for your marriage, for, come on, your relationships. Isn't it encouraging to know that God sees and God's got vision? Like he's laid a hold of your life for a reason on, and on purpose. You know, Paul would pray that. He says, Paul would say, I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid a hold of me. In other words, Paul's saying, I just want to grab a hold of everything God grabbed a hold of me for. When God grabbed a hold of me, when he tackled my life, he, he did so with a vision for my life. God's got vision. Tell your neighbor, because you didn't wake up. Tell him, say, God's got vision. Say, God's got vision. Tell him, say, God's got vision. Hey, church, his vision is far greater than your vision. And not only does God have vision for your life, watch, here's literally where the word provision comes from, is that God has vision and then he provides for you to be able to walk in that vision, to live in that vision. Everything God has envisioned for you, which is incredible by the way, God provides for you everything you need to walk in everything he has for you to do. He's got Prevision, provision. And he gives us what we need to live out that vision. God's going to give me what I need in this season to get me to the next season. 
Now, I don't need to worry about the next season. Come on, look at me. You don't need to worry about the next season because God's already gone before you in that season. He's going to provide for you everything you need. He's already, he's already got it. Why? Because he's Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees, providing for you from everything from your salvation all the way to the bread that's going to be on your table, all the way to the next breath you're going to draw. God sees you need it, and he's going to give it to you. I'm so stressed out. Remember, like, with Jesus, people, Jesus, I'm so, so stressed out. Jesus go, just look at the birds of the air. But you don't understand. I got to look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store in barns. I'm not stressed. And I'm providing for them. I'm going to provide for you as well. The lilies of the field. They're here today and gone tomorrow. I'm taking care of them. I'm going to take care of you too. I've given you everything you need. You just got to trust me and let me tell the story. It's called faith. You need to learn to walk by it. You know, Tate and I, I told you, we put that on our wedding rings a long time ago. I just want to give you testimony. He's provided every single step of the way. Amen, Tatum? Every step of the way. Like, from the moment Tate and I, can I, can I tell you a couple stories? We'll close. From the moment Tate and I got married, God has just shown up and said, I got you. Like our wedding, our wedding was a legitimate gift from God. I mean, we're looking at each other. We didn't see a way. Like how in the world are we going to get, how, I remember going to our, our, our pastor at the time going, how in the world are we going to get married? See, we don't got money. We don't have money and we don't have money. Like we don't have, like I'm teaching guitar lessons, like making like nothing. Tatum's like filing in a basement somewhere, hating her job. She quit her job the first week of our marriage, by the way. Um, and I thought she was kidding, but she really did. She called and left him a message, and she said, uh, yesterday was my last day. That's how she quit her job. Um, so I'm going, how in the world would we get married? And, and I remember my pastor just going, just, just, hey, if God's calling you to get married, you can take care of me. Just trust him. Like, how do you even pay for a wedding? Like, how do you, you know, like, and God, like, literally provided every. We drove by, there was literally this, this church right here, the Baptist church on the corner. Remember, we drove by that and thought, wouldn't that be a great place to have a reception? Wouldn't that be so cool? We can never afford something like that, you know? And I remember, we could never afford it. And we, we drove home to your mom and dad's house, and on the, you guys remember the, the, the voice recorder machines? Like, you know, they leave you a voice message. And it was like actual tape. You had to rewind and play the tape. Somebody, somebody left us a message on that, on that voice recorder. It was the lady who runs the... Uh, venue right here and does all their weddings and everything. Hey, I heard you two are getting married and we just wanted to call and, and offer our place to you for free. We'd love for you guys to be able to use this in any, any way that, that you would need to. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How did this happen? Well, it ended up that she was a friend of a Tatum's friend that, and it's a whole connection. God did, here's this. And I'm like, well, that's, that's crazy. And then Tatum had this like dress in her mind that she wanted. And I'm like, there's no way we're going to ever afford that dress. Well, well, somebody came and said, I, I, I actually want to make your dress for you. We had a dis, we had a Disney seamstress put together Tatum's dress. All we, we just helped buy the material and put together, she walking around like Disney princess and they put together her dress. That same thing happened with the cake. Listen, God took care of the cake, everybody. Like there was cake because God took care of the cake. And I'm literally walking around our wedding just going, how in the world did we afford all this? Oh, that's right, we didn't. 
God provided all this from the very beginning. What are we doing? Is God, I just trust you. I don't know. You're telling us to do this. We'll go and, and God provide. And we, 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 get, we, go, we get married and we set off into this adventure. And, and it's one story after another story of, of God just providing. I, 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 I get a job in sales and they, they move me to Orange County. And I don't know if you know anything about Orange County. It's a little expensive. We can't, we can't afford it. We're 22 years old. We're driving around Orange County, and I'm taking Tatum through the through the neighborhoods that I can afford. And she's like, "I don't know if I feel safe in this hood." That hood. I don't know if I'm like, "Babe, you just gotta suck it up. We're gonna do what we gotta do. Who cares if?" Never mind. Never mind. I'll just leave it up. We're just gonna do this. She's like, "Can we just go look at some of the other neighborhoods?" I'm like, fine. You want to go look at it? We'll never be able to afford one of them neighborhoods. And we're driving around these neighborhoods, and I kind of got this attitude of like, see, look how much all these are. And like this attitude, this little for rent sign. And Tate says, let's go, let's go look at that. I'm like, why? Why would we go? Why? Like, what are you doing to yourself right now? We get out, we go look at this beautiful home, ocean, ocean view. It's a four-story home. We had the bottom two floors there renting out. And and I, how much are you asking? It was like four times more than we could ever afford. Fourth time, I'm like, see? thinking to myself and we leave the place and the next day that couple called us and said hey how much can y'all afford I told them it was a, literally a fourth and they said we would love to have you guys in this place I'm like are you kidding me right now God are you kidding me I mean here we are 22 years old just ocean view baby like I mean like going and I'm just saying like God's just extravagant he just takes care of us like Elias is soon to be born and we find out like both literally this true story the same week we both find out that we're losing our jobs Tatum's uh in sales and I'm in sales and they're she worked for equitable distributors whatever and they're moving to New York mine was moving somewhere into um, South Carolina and I don't, we don't want to move to New York, South Carolina, or stay in here. So we're losing our jobs. We're bummed. I'm about, I'm about to have a child, you know, like in two months, two and a half months. I'm about to have a child. I'm going, God, what kind of plan is this? What well, was the next week after we stressed out for a whole week that the companies come to us and say, oh, hey, and by the way, Chris, you're going to get four months severance. Tatum, you're going to get 10 months severance package. 10 months. 10 months severance. So Elias is born, and we got money and savings. We're just, like, able to hang out. We, we, we had this, these special moments with each other for, like, a month and a half without having to work because we had all this. God just, I'm going, where does that come from? I'll tell you right now, Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees, the, the God who provides, the God who shows up, the God who's already gone before you in, in every place of your life and over and over again. Hey, it's, it's right here. But I'm walking in it. I'm living in it. Remember when I was asked to pastor church in Orange County? And, and there was so much division in the church. There's, it was a, a larger church, several thousand people that had just so much hurt. And God called us to pastor that church. And I remember everything on paper said, don't touch it. You know, I, I actually had like... Yeah, other guys that were just like, I don't know, this seemed, but I couldn't shake it. Like God's calling us to take this church. 
And so we stepped into a very, very difficult situation. Every front, the church was being challenged. Financially, leadership, there was probably five or six different divisions of men that were trying to lead different things. And it was just, a, it was a mess. I mean, the church was in the paper. The church, it, was a, it was a mess. And God said, go lead it. I'm like, God, are you kidding me? We stepped in. I'll tell you right now, it was the hardest thing we've ever done in our lives. One of the hardest things we've ever done is lead that church through everything that it went through. I'm talking, I'm in my office at times, doors closed and literally weeping like, God, what the heck? Why did you ask us to do this? Why did you put us here? But can I tell you that in those deep moments of pain and confusion and frustration, you know what God was doing? God had seen something a little further down the road that he wanted to teach me in these moments, in those moments to trust him in. God pushed us into a depth of just like, God, I trust you. Why? I mean, God showed up and provided miraculously financially in every aspect of that church. He showed up and leadership was pervaded. God showed up. He, God just moved. God, I mean, we got to, we got to build. We got to, we, we put, the church put millions of dollars in savings. We got to all just, while we're sitting, they're just trusting, taking, I don't see it all, guys. But I see the next step. Abraham walking up the hill. God, are you still in this? Okay. Are you sure? Another step. Okay, God. That's how I felt at church. Every day I woke up and went, well, let's see if we turn the lights on. But by the end of it, things healthy and, and, and thriving. And, and I'm sitting there going, God, thank you. I love this. This is incredible. God, thank you. And then, and then God said, you like all that? It's time to move. Where? Redlands. Why? And I, you just look back now and you go, God was using that season to prepare, prepare us for this season. We have church planners ask us all the time, like, what would you do different? I'm like, this is us doing it different. Like, because God has just taught us so much. And, and we're so grateful. You see, he provides. Come on. He sees and he provides. And he, he, he's going to take care of. I mean, remember planting citizens? I didn't see it. I, I, I saw it, but I couldn't see it. I saw what God was saying to do but I couldn't ever imagine how it was going to work out. But I remember, I remember moving out here. I remember God building the team. I remember, I remember citizens moving over 30-something times between, you know, six different venues and, and still growing and God using it. And God, I mean, I just remember every step God providing. Remember COVID? Oh, my gosh. God just keeps showing. He just keeps showing up. He just keeps providing. You come out of COVID and there's incredible... C team members, come on, stepping up and leaning in and leading the way. And God brings, man, we got incredible staff right now. I look around and just go, thank you, God, for your provision. Well, Chris, what about the building? What about the this? What hey, look at his past faithfulness. Come on. Look at his past faithfulness. His past faithfulness demands his present trust. And I'm still convinced, wildly convinced, that what he sees for our future as a church is greater than anything. If he whispered into your heart, you'd be like, I know it. But what he sees for us is greater than what we see for us. What's our job? Just keep taking steps. We setting up again this weekend, God? Yeah, you're setting up again. All right, God, we set up again. God, we, yes, okay, God. I'll do it with joy in my heart. I do it with, I can't see it, but you do. And all that trickles down into every aspect of your life. 
You just keep taking steps. You just keep saying yes to, to God. He's Jehovah Jireh. His past faithfulness demands his present trust. You're going to be okay. Come on, everybody. Amen. My family would always say, my parents would always say, well, it's just another Chris and Tatum story. Hey, no, it's not. It, it's not. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it's God's stories through the life of those who just say yes. Come on. Just keep saying yes. He gonna, he's going to tell a story through your life that's going to bring him glory. He can tell a story through your life of his goodness and his grace, his faithfulness, his provision. Hey, dream a little bigger. Say yes with all you got. Jehovah Jireh, God provides. In Jesus' name, where you at, church? Amen? Amen. Amen. God, we love you. Come on, let's pray.